Hi guys and welcome to the Lonely Catch Up. It's myself, Rampant FM, and today I'm joined by Moza. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How's you? Ah, still recovering a wee bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sean Spedden, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I think I'm I'm probably doing a bit better than than you, pair. I wasn't on it last <laughs> night. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, Friday's game, Spartans versus Kelty. I believe you were there as well, Sean, as myself. So do you want to take us through it? Yeah, absolutely. I travelled travelled through to Ainsley Park for this one. So, um, yeah, it was a really good, really good game. Early on, Kelly had a lot of the pressure, um, but Spartans still they still got their shots in early doors. Um, I think you were doing the the Twitter for Kelly again, and you know there was a lot of shouts for for Gaz, and you weren't really sure <laughs> if that was Leighton or Canizaro, but. Um, yeah, it was quite quite a full stand over there, especially with the the rain. So I can imagine that would have been tricky. Um, after twenty seven minutes, Richie had a chance to open the scoring as the ball f- uh, fell to him in the box, um, but Carswell was able to safely collect it. Atkinson got close up um, to open the scoring for Spartans, but the ball went just past the post, so the game stayed nil nil. Forty minutes, at- Atkinson went close again but we stopped again by an excellent tackle by Carsters and a follow up save by Christie and then uh, right on the break Spartans Jack Smith went really close with a header again but surprisingly the game went into half time 0-0 second half started a lot quicker and after 51 minutes it was Arrow Douglas the former Spartan that actually hit the back of the net for Kelly to give them a a 1-0 advantage, um, but four minutes later, um, Aaron Scott um, played in. Scott Max- Maxwell um, <laughs> still had a lot to do before slotting it home um, to make it 1-1. Um, there was then Kerr uh, McCauley came on for Chris Dodds um, and at 77 minutes, and shortly after that, it was actually Spartans that took the lead through Blair Atkinson, made it 2-1. Um, Spartans almost scored an own goal, but Keeper was able to get down and make the save from his own defender. Towards the end, there was a lot of pressure from Kelly as well. Um, as they, they searched for that equaliser, but Spartans played really strong, really structured at the back, and the game finished 2-1. It was Blair Atkinson that picked up the Spartans man in the match, and Gary Leighton picked up the Kelly man in the match. But no, it was a it was a really good game. You could tell it was between two of the the top sides in the Lowland League. Yeah, I was really impressed with Spartans, especially the back line. Uh, they seemed to sort of change in the second half because I think uh, Gary Chen was up a bit more attacking as was uh, Mikey Heard, and they kind of switched with uh, the likes of Jimmy Dishington coming up in the second half. But for me. It always looked like they had six behind the ball when uh, Kelty were on the attack. Not a lot of space between the the goalie and the defenders or the defender in the midfield. Very, very structured Spartans. Um, 
really impressed with the defence. It's what they're really known for at home. I think safe to say that it's what they've built, uh, you know, title-winning teams on. They've obviously not had uh, the best of seasons in terms of uh, where they are in the league now, but certainly looking strong for top four. Uh, but all in all, I think from a Celtic point of view, I think they'll be disappointed with the way they played. Uh, uh, there was a lot of times where Cargill looked like he was kind of alone up top, and we've not really seen that a lot uh, in a lot of the games. Uh, usually either Brian Ritchie or Dodds or uh, Ross Much is up there with him, but it's it's more uh, it's more down to Spartans playing tactically brilliant, I think. They're, they were really good. Kelty, uh, they'll just be disappointed, I think, knowing the Kelty guys. It's not up to the standards that we've really seen this season off them. Yeah, you could, you could tell that... Um... Spartans are a lot more comfortable playing on the bigger pitch than Kelty were. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of times where Kelty were playing in a bit too tight, and then other times when they were playing too wide, they just couldn't really get get down to the size of the pitch. I think and Spartans had a, definitely had an advantage. There. Definitely, and I was really impressed with uh, Adam Corbett at the back. I think he was probably one of the standouts for me, as well as uh, Blair Atkinson, who I think. Uh, had it not been for the wind I think uh, Spartans could easily put more past Kelty I think they were unlucky with a few chances um, Jack Smith's header uh, in, in particular I think the wind might have just took that away from the goals um, but I've never seen we've discussed it more obviously I've never seen Jack Smith score a goal and I've seen him about three or four times this season so maybe I'm a <laughs> bit of a jinx to the guy <laughs> you, can, um, you can only give him so many games before he ends up getting a goal and we said very, very early in this uh, podcast when we were talking about basically pre-season and kind of getting into the early early stages of it, I thought he would be a great signing for Spartans um, because all he does is score goals and it's the most important thing in the game. So he's um, he's hit a right purple patch of late and it's no coincidence that as he's gone on this run of form, suddenly Spartans are beginning to blow teams away again. And um, from one to two, you guys were saying... Uh, sounds like it's one of their best performances of the whole season they've put in um, on Friday night, so fair play to them. Yeah, I think you're correct. I think um, probably one of the best defensive performances from a team I've seen this season. And it's just it's pretty much typical Spartans at Ainsley Park, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. The Spartans we're sort of used to seeing. Um, I think the issues they've had is obviously with the likes of Jack Smith, when he was injured, they just didn't have as many goals in them. And now the fact that he's back... Uh, Blair Atkinson seems to be on form as well in terms of goal scoring. Stephen McDonald, players like that, they they're back in contention for a, a high f- finish in the league. I think. No, absolutely. I think um, something else that, that you mentioned about Spartan is keeping the pressure on for that top four finish. Um, they're actually after being Kelly there. They're only five points behind Kelly with a game in hand. Um, and bearing in mind Kelly have still got to play East Kilbride twice um, I think it's getting really interesting in that battle from probably BSC right down to Spartans at the moment not not only for fourth anymore I think it's it's opening right up as we edge towards the end of the season yep, yep agreed so we're going to Saturday's games Gretna versus Whitehill Welfare was postponed Veloff Leaving versus BSC Glasgow was postponed well uh We've left them quite late in the pods as of late, uh, uh, but we'll go to East Kilbride. Uh, Edisport Academy versus East Kilbride uh, was 1-0 to Kilby. 33 minutes gone, ball played wide to Craig Reid, who whips a ball into the box that reaches the head of Craig Malcolm, who bullets at home. 
they're one game away from the title. Uh, Edisport, on the other hand, they've only got three games to play, and it looks like they surprisingly might have a bit of a low finish uh, that I don't think was any anyone really was expecting at the start of the season. But uh, a lot of teams below them have. Uh, they're not far away from them, and they have more games to play. So uh, an interesting one there, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it's what Kilbley have been doing for the past however many weeks. Just getting the win, uh, regardless of the, the score line. They're keeping clean sheets. Even if it only takes one goal here or there, they're doing the business. Craig Malcolm, yet again, um, leading from the from the top, leading by example as captain. Um, so, yeah, the, there's no reason why we shouldn't be sitting here next weekend talking about how Kilby have now wrapped up the league. Um, the way things are going and it's just it's testament to the way that um, sure Malcolm's taking them over just led them on it's just been relentless they keep pushing on they've ground out the results when other teams like BSC and Kelty have dropped points here or there and they'll be worthy winners when it's all said and done it's it's going to happen now so it's just a case of when uh, rather than if Yeah absolutely and I think uh East Kilbride don't play next weekend, but if Kelly and BSC were to not pick up points next week, they would wrap it up next week. But otherwise, they play. I think it's Colts at home the week after, and yeah, yeah, they, they have to do that, and that'll be them wrapped up the the league before they play their their final run of games against. I think it's Spartans, Kelly, BSC, Kelly. So they'll wrap it up before they even play those four games. Yeah, that's it. I mean. Just looking at the fixture list, you're right. Um, so basically, if BSC and Kelty don't pick up the three points next weekend, that's it, game over. Um, in a way, that'd be a shame. You'd kind of want them to do it on the park, uh, the way that yeah, the, the year's gone for them. So the the way the games are, I can't see both BSC and Kelty dropping points or both home games. And yeah, it'll probably be in a fortnight's time then, in that case. But uh, it's interesting you mentioned about edge sport there as well. Uh, rampant because when you look at the table they're, they're comfortably mid-table obviously but when you, we've talked about this kind of race the top four uh, with civil service and Spartans thrown in and then Shire and Cumbernauld Colts not too far behind but a wee gap um, between the top five and them you'd think Edgesport would really want to be with those two at the very least and They've clearly been experimenting recently and making a few changes, testing things out, but they're beginning to get dragged back down to the the pack at the bottom half of the table, and that's really not where they want to be, I would suggest. Um, so we've, we've had this chat about coming on Colts up to this point. It'll be interesting to see how um, the, the, the academy finish the season off, because if they finish it strongly, they'll try and obviously carry that in the next campaign, but it's maybe not the best thing if they go out with a, a whimper uh, this time around. Agreed mate and the thing about Edisport they, they've got a good team there on paper they should be probably higher than they are uh, obviously they've had as you mentioned they're doing a bit of experiment they've brought in a lot of experienced players uh, most likely for next season but you would really want momentum from now uh, going forward but it's looking like it might be a, as I mentioned earlier a bit of a low finish for them considering the team that they have uh, had there at the start of the season because they've, they've got decent players obviously um, in terms of East Kilbride, obviously, uh, I don't. I noticed uh, Sean Winter was a wee bit happy with the the result on <laughs> Friday. The Spartans, uh, <laughs> what a guy Sean Winter is, obviously, we're all, like pleased for him. Uh, 
I'm sure he'll be loving it. Uh, uh, you know, with the East Coast Pride potentially winning the title uh, either next weekend or the weekend after. But I, I'm not. I think we've known for a while that they're they're probably going. They, they were favourites to win it. I think from the start of the season. Um, yeah, we couldn't see past East Kilbride for winning at Mazza. Start uh, early doors, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's one thing saying that, and another thing doing it in the style they're doing it. Um, like they've they've absolutely just, and in, in general terms, they've absolutely kind of swept aside all comers, haven't they? Because, um, like, obviously they've they've had the the squad in place that we thought was the best squad in the league, but you still got to go and do the business, get the tactics right, get everything sorted the right way, and. Uh, you think now that their focus will be properly on that playoff uh, that's going to come up, especially um, given that they've been so close to getting promotion in previous years and uh, just been outdone by penalties, um, ultimately. So they'll be looking to make sure that they get get their business done early this time round. Uh, we'll move on to Cumberland Colts versus Edinburgh University. It was a 1-1 draw at Broadwood. Uh, delayed kick-off following a requested keeper kit change by the referee for for coach keeper Jordan Pettigrew. You know why I've mentioned that, uh, Moza will obviously speak about it later. <laughs> there was a bit of a... Uh, I don't know, a similar thing to the game we were at on Saturday as well. Uh, Colour's not really the best. <laughs> but it was uh, Edinburgh Uni that opened the score in 10 minutes from the break. It was a goal from Patrick Baird. Uh, six to eight minutes, Stephen O'Neill rounds the keeper, showing great feet, finishing a uh, uh, Fraser team through ball. Really... Colts, they've not really had many defeats, but they're just not really winning games. It's been a case of uh, drawing lately, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, um, I think, yeah, Cumbernauld, they've not, they've not probably had the season that they were wanting. They were looking like quite a promising team early on, but yeah, they've just struggled to get the three points in, in too many games this season. Um, and Edinburgh Uni, I think, they'll be quite happy with them being away from home with that result and with Sterling Uni dropping points as well it puts them both on 24 points after 24 games so it's keeping that Uni battle really interesting as we head towards the end of the season which is really good to see but I think Cumbernauld will be quite frustrated with the result after that game One that I don't really have much to add to it to be honest um, you're you're quite right um, the two years in that Coles will naturally not be too chuffed with the, the run of results I've had of not not necessarily been kind of losing a lot of games. It's just they're, they're lacking that winning touch uh, just now. And when you've got the likes of Fraser team there that can clearly put the ball away and create goals as well, they'll feel a wee bit disappointed. I think um, with the way that things have gone that as soon as we've got into twenty nineteen. But um, yeah, and um, there's still still time to finish on on a high and finish strongly. And it's a common theme that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that team will want if teams will want to finish uh, with a good run of form to carry over uh, into next season. Well, they've got they've still got a game in hand over East Allenshire, and they're sitting on the same same number of points. So you know, a sixth place finish is is a respectable finish for them. But I do think there's been yeah there's been a lot of games where they could have picked up those couple of extra points, and they maybe could have been up there with Spartans and Civils at this point of the, the season. Yeah, we'll get into Galaferidine Rovers versus East Stirlingshire. Uh, we spoke to Andy Rogers on Tuesday at training, uh, so we'll listen to that first. So I'm here speaking with Andy Rogers. Uh, obviously, we've got a bit of previous for that. <laughs> um, as we found out, obviously, uh, Andy, the club secretary, I think, uh, yeah, mentioned uh, 
with it was a bit of banter and everything, uh, but mainly for Mozov to, <laughs> to say I spoke to you. Aye. You've got a bit of a re- reputation under being a bit of a, a wind up merchant, if you will. Ah, uh, that's definitely early years of I've not shied away from having a bit of a wind up, but uh, I've tried to calm down slightly <laughs> as I've didn't use social media quite as much. Anyway, and I thought once I take my management position, I thought I better take this a bit more serious. So, uh, but no, look, I, I don't mind. As I said, I get a bit of stick off the crowd. I accept that. I take it. Usually, if I can give them a wee bit of stick back within the rules, I, I probably <laughs> will. Brian, uh, one thing I was going to ask you, obviously, uh, you and Dell have sort of uh, taken over uh, mm. from quite a, a difficult position, obviously, with the, yep. with, you know, the, the previous manager leaving and that. How are you, is it something you've always wanted to do, get into sort of coaching management? Probably as I, yeah, since maybe the last four or five years, it's always been something on my mind to sort of do my coaching badges, whether it be management, whether it be coaching, I, was, I wasn't entirely sure. Uh, and obviously, when the previous manager, John, when he... When he left, it was, just, it was just too good an opportunity to turn down for me and Dell really. I've uh, not got much left in the legs, so it was uh, probably the right time. And I, but we're enjoying it. It's difficult. It's it's different. It's it can be frustrating, but it's it's rewarding as well when you when you the the work you do during the week pays off at the weekend. So it's a it's a, it's a sort of whole different outlook on the game. But it's definitely something I'm enjoying and something I hope to continue. Brian, mate, and uh, the the cup game aside, Shire are obviously on a wee bit of a run in the league. Is, what's well, sort of been the change for you, obviously, having coming from a bit of a difficult position and then sort of hitting form? I just think a, a, a number of things. We've, we've brought in one or two two boys to try and strengthen up the squad. We were probably a bit short on numbers when we came in. Moving to the stadium, was it was a big difference for us. We, obviously, we were at Stennis Muir for the last few years, yeah. but... It's a big pitch out there, it's a big... I think people enjoy coming here, the players, who maybe not so much at Stennis Muir, so yeah. the teams are coming here, they get a wee bit of a lift, it's a good surface. And and we've, we've struggled at home, but we've, we've maybe got a system going now where we know how to play out there as well, but it's just been hard work. We've just we've worked for weeks to try and get it right. If, when we first came in, we chopped and changed and mixed things up a bit, but we've, we've sort of... We know the direction we're going in, and the, and the boys are buying into it, which... Because we do a lot of hard work, we've probably stepped up the tempo of training slightly, and it's it's become probably harder for them, but they're they're getting the rewards. Brilliant. And uh, gala on Saturday down at the Nether Day. How do you see that going? It's a tough one. We've we've never done the last couple of years. We've not really done too well against Gala, to be honest. Uh, I think the first year we were in the league, we we beat them ten one, and that was probably the best performance I remember at the club. But last season and. This season they've already not visited the Scottish Cup down there this season and beat us comfortably here in the league. So we know it's going to be a difficult one, but as I say, we're in a much better position now than what we were when we played those games. So hopefully we're going, we're going to get a good result. Myself and Andy, obviously, um, long overdue meet there, Moza. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's, there's a lot of things. Uh, I think modern day footballers have to... So sort of put up with obviously if they're on social media a lot of people their actions on social media and obviously on the pitch people I think get the wrong maybe perception of them and um, when I met Andy I thought he was brand new I thought he was he's obviously a bit of a character in that but he was sound we had a, a laugh about everything yeah, yeah he obviously said he's trying to calm it down but sometimes I think it's just the 
his reputation uh, maybe that precedes him I, I think <laughs> Yeah it was really interesting meeting him and just catching up with him and getting his thoughts on, on how a lot of things um, go down when he's playing said that he likes um, he likes getting goaded on a little bit as long as it doesn't get personal and, and he likes to give back a little bit as well which I suppose makes the, the game interesting at this level when you know when it's not taken too far but there's a bit of give and take way between the fan and the fans and the players so it was really good to meet him and enjoyed that aye, aye and we've had this chat before obviously about kind of um, like the golden and the, a bit of banter and so on and I said before and I still stand by it I'm all for it so um, keep it going Andy <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> yep um in terms of the game, uh, Galaferidine took the lead through a Ruri Payton penalty on the 22nd minute. Phil Addison made, uh, doubled their lead on the 73rd minute. It was a breakaway through by Gala uh, after a shy attack. 77 minutes, Ross Allam, uh, ballen by Rogers, met by Ross Allam with a glance and header. Uh, the ball did come off Gala's uh, Ricky Miller, but I think I think from what I've heard, they're giving the, the goal to Ross Allam, so... Um, and just before the end of the game, it was Connor Green who again breaks that goal-scoring record for a Shire defender. Uh, again, we've probably mentioned it most of the. I don't know who's keeping <laughs> the records of that, but uh, well done to Connor Green on that one. Uh, just before we get into the game, guys, we do have an interview with Gala manager Dean Shanks, who's with David Knox. Shanks, you weren't too happy at the final whistle, Dean. Two goals given up, but again, put into the context. You had a lot of players missing today. Yeah, I've got a lot of players out, but when you're two 0 up, to surrender it in that fashion and they're avoidable goals, both of them. Um, it's frustrating, and you know it is. It's two points dropped when you're two 0 You should always see it again, especially with the experience we've got. But we've had to get a lot of guys in this week just to patch up things. So, I disappointed, but you know I will take it how it is. You know we're two 0 up and we get a point, but really it should have been three. You always look for positives uh, We all do in games like this And I think one of the big ones Is young Charlie Green Especially that first 45 minutes I was really impressed with that youngster Ah, he's only I mean, he's only just on 16 year old And I mean, he showed up well In our last game When he was sort of chucked right in Against Spartans And he carried on again In the first 45 minutes I thought he tired a bit In the second half That's to be expected um, But Moving on he's, he's a positive to take Yep, there was I mean, Phil Addison today You know, it's a f- yeah. fantastic goal What a goal so you take the positives and we are go- slowly but surely, like as of I think Tuesday, we'll have probably three of the, three of the first team boys back. So I'm looking forward on to next week now. And this is going to come to that Whitehill welfare up there with more players back. You can go up there a wee bit conference and just try and see the season out, pick up a few wins. Oh aye, I mean like if we've got the season to see out, but also we've, we've just got focus on the League Cup, you know, for that and changing in there, we, we need to go and see what it's like to win something. So we've got our eye on that. So the boys know that We've still got to keep going. I mean, you're expecting to go right until sort of middle of May with the cup, and we've got four league games to go. And there's no reason we, when we get our boys back, the squad that we've got in there, that we we can we can beat anybody on a day. So I look at looking at the positives, Davey. But as I say, sort of a bit of disappointment. But at the same time, I've got to look at the bigger picture as well. Yep, uh, thanks to Debbie Ritchie uh, for providing us with that interview. Barkley and Andy Rogers mentioned the fact that Gala were a bit of a bogey team for Shire yep. uh, as of late. But for them to uh, be losing 2-0 solely into a game, to come back and get the draw, I think 
uh, shows a bit of grit from Shire there, really, uh, at the end of the day, quite a decent result from a hard place to go in the Netherdale, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a tough away day. Um, and we've, we've said before that Gal are um, obviously a very, very decent team uh, on paper and at home in, in person. Uh, Shire's run of form recently, we've talked about it, has been great. And I think it just shows you the, the feeling in that dressing room that being 2 0 down, well, 15 odd minutes left, and I've came right back, so it's never said I. Um, obviously, the confidence is still flowing through them, even though, like, for the, the first time in a long time, it looked like they were going to lose three points. So um, you, you've kind of just got to applaud the, the fact that they've managed to pull it right back. I assume that uh, Rovers will be a wee bit kind of upset they've let a two goal lead slip, but. Um, Great game of football, by the sounds of it, four goals. Uh, you, always, you always get entertainment with Shire either way, don't you? No, absolutely, and uh, I think this was the one that, well, I think every game sort of catches your eye, especially at this point in the season, but it was one of those where nobody could, could call out how it was going to finish, and I don't know, I don't know if anybody would have said Gallo would have been winning after 2-0 after 75 minutes, and it would have finished 2-2, but um, no, it's like, congratulations to East Allenshire for coming back there, Um like uh, Andy said in his interview, it was a bit of a bogey team for them, so they must be happy coming back with, with a point, especially after being two down. And it keeps their unbeaten run in the league going. So they haven't been beaten in the, the league in 2019 so far, and it, it keeps that going and keeps them in sixth position. So I think they'll be they'll be quite happy. And like you say, I think Gallon may be kicking themselves a little bit. Absolutely. And getting into the game we were at, Moza, uh, Sterling Uni, obviously a bit of a bogey team uh, for Civil. I don't think they've ever taken a point off them. But that changed on Saturday. They won 1-0. Uh, Hammy, a.k.a. Ian Ballantyne, fires Civil ahead on the stroke of half-time to make it uh, 1-0 Civil. There wasn't really much to talk about in the game, apart from perhaps uh, uh, Josh Donaldson wearing pink. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, his strip was too similar to Sterling Uni's. He had the the green socks, the green shorts, and a, a like almost like a Palermo top. I think I mentioned. Uh, there was a wee bit of a banter uh, between the 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 Twitter accounts, if you will. Uh, obviously, the Sterling Uni chaplain missed the start of the second half due to the three mile walk. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think, <laughs> quote unquote. I think, uh, what did I describe it to you as, mate? I think uh, Lord of the Rings adventure trying to get to. It. So I can, I can see where he's coming, <laughs> see where he's coming from uh, there. Uh, but you know, great from Civil as well. Not quite three miles. The joys of playing teams with their own ground, I suppose. <laughs> so brilliant <laughs> comeback. Um, yeah, the wind really hampered this game. I think uh, both teams played. Fairly decent football given the conditions. It was kind of similar at the Spartans Kelty game. Though it was windy, it was rainy, uh, very hard for for players to to really put anything together in terms of uh, attempts on goal or what. Um, several took took their chance. That's I think that was the difference. We did kind of. Yeah. I think uh, Rory McEwen had a really good game for Stirling Uni as well as um, Matthew Burrows. He's his long throws were uh, pretty much effective. Uh, putting pressure on Civil, but yeah, well, well deserved for Civil. I think they were overall the better team and uh, thoroughly deserved the the win. Yeah, I think when it when it comes down to it, the wind had a massive fa- uh, factor in in the game itself. It was initially Sterling Uni they dealt with it better. I think the fact that they try to play the ball on the grit on the deck, play passing football. Uh, we yet yeah, we mentioned Burrows was really impressive for them. A right back, really solid. 
getting forward and um, kind of trying to deliver as well balls and be it from throw-ins or be it uh, crossing into the box. I uh, was really impressed with McEwen on the right as well. Obviously, Blair Lyons is always a threat. So when the two of them are on left wing and right wing, it, it gives any defence at this level a handful. But uh, I think ultimately once the two teams settled into the game and Civil took a wee bit longer to, the fact that Strollers played a bit more direct kind of made it easier for them, I think. Um, Uni played a lot of nice pass and stuff, but they just didn't really have a final pass, a final ball. Um, they had one really decent chance at the start of the second half where it was a, a ball floated in right to the back post um, and we've mentioned Burrows, I think it was Burrows if I remember rightly, on the overlap uh, and he was kind of caught between two options, shooting or putting the ball back across and uh, ultimately just kind of bounced off his, his foot without any conviction and the keeper was able to swallow up so that was their big chance to come back into it. Civil get one cracking chance right on the stroke of half time and took it and that was the only difference between the sides really um, but no there was, a, there was a few really decent performances despite the weather and yeah um, I don't really have much else to add other than um, obviously a thank you to the, the guys at Strollers who made us feel really welcome and no doubt we'll be back Definitely Moza and obviously I think Andy Mayer and Craig Newell's really done well as well as uh, got to mention Kyle Fee as well and uh, <laughs> Kerr Allen I was winding him up uh, a wee bit uh, before the game obviously on Twitter uh, I forgot how big he is actually so <laughs> maybe he won't be teasing him anymore <laughs> but we would have loved to have had a chat with the guys I'm sure I'm sure we'll have our, our chance but there wasn't really much to talk about in the game eh? no it was it was one of those that I think they were just happy to get the three points and get back into the dressing room and thaw out <laughs> at the yep. end of the day um, I, you mentioned Andy Mayer there for for me he was the best player in the park yep. um, just he's um, for a guy at this this level to have really decent technique like he's got he's com- always comfortable he never looks kind of under pressure or, or what not and he's He's, he's more of an attacking threat, isn't he? Like, even though he's a left-back, he's pretty much a wing-back or going into a winger. Um, and he's just... He's got something about him. Um, it's as simple as that. He's one of these players that he can win a game for you with one good cross-in or one good pass-through. Um, just really impressed with him. Full stop. And uh, we have to obviously mention uh, Kerr Allen. He had a bit of skills on display in the second half I noticed <laughs> but yeah they're, they're top four and they're looking good uh, my only concern would be the fact that uh, it's going to be really tough against Spartans the way they, they played but Civil again straight up there as well uh, can't take anything away from them and obviously it was our first day out Moz. I mean I think a lot of people maybe got put off with the wind as well but all in all in all it was great I was happy with my Greg's Tuna Crunch uh, no sponsors there but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastic. We obviously had a, a really good time. I think at strollers, um, but yeah, the, the boys were having a munch after the game, and I didn't really exactly want to disturb them. Matt uh, <laughs> to disturb the sandwiches. <laughs> I don't get in the way of hungry hungry footballers. <laughs> but no, it's um, it's obviously something we've talked about that we're going to start doing um, more and more uh, with the different teams that we've not been able to visit as yet. Um, given that, well not just uh, myself and you, but obviously Sean now in, in the pod as well. I think it's important that we get to see as many of the teams in, um, in the flesh as possible. Uh, so, well, no doubt we'll make, we'll make 
arrangements to get to other teams as we go and um, we'll just get an idea of exactly kind of what else is out there in the league and the experiences as well because I think it's important that we give every ch- club a chance to kind of put themselves out there and what they're about and hopefully help to get another couple of bodies in on the, on the gate as well. And I'm sure uh, David Churchill got on with me if I didn't even mention it, but I think from what I've heard, I think they probably missed Churchill, I think, uh-huh. uh, up top as well. So uh, he was probably a big miss uh, for them because due to suspension. But all in all, two good teams. Uh, I, I mentioned that the Kelty game, obviously, I think when they played them, it was the 2-2 draw at New Central Park. I was really impressed with Uni, and I think they have got a few good players there. It's kind of... It just shows you the the quality of the league, the fact that uni are where they are in the league. They've maybe not had the best uh, best times of going out and grinding results, but uh, they're a quality team, and uh, it just shows the quality of the league, the fact that they're they're kind of lower down uh, in the bottom of the half of the table, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think they've they've both got a really good run of games coming up as well. Um, I think Strollers have done really well again to go and win the game. But they've got um, they've got they're welcoming Spartans um, to their home ground in a few weeks' time, followed by Kelty, and they're only sitting three points behind Kelty in the league. So um, if they continue to do what they're doing, there's a couple of really interesting games towards the end of the season for those guys. Um, like I say, home field advantage against both of those teams, they've got as good a chance as, as anybody to to maybe edge even further up the table. I wouldn't totally, I wouldn't write them off. Absolutely. And we'll get into next week's fixtures and we'll start with Friday's game, East Stirlingshire versus Civil Service Strollers. I'm actually thinking about popping along to this one, to be honest, if I can get over to the Falkirk Stadium. It's uh, obviously, we've been, we were at Shire uh, during midweek uh, to speak to the guys, seeing yeah. Strollers on Saturday. It should be a, a fairly decent game, actually. It's probably, looking at all the fixtures, I think that's one that stands out for me as possible match of the week mm-hmm. uh, getting that in quite early there. but <laughs> no it looks a cracker I totally agree with you I think on paper that's the game that looks the most exciting um, certainly from a neutral's point of view uh, to go along and see some well get some entertainment see some goals p- potentially um, but yeah Shire obviously want to get back into the win column strollers need to keep winning to not only keep their noses ahead of Spartans but as Sean says they've got a right good chance of getting up to Kelty and BSC as well. Um, so there's plenty on the line for both teams there. And uh, either way, you, you're, you're, I feel like I'm about to jinx the game here, but I'm, I'm going to say you're guaranteed some entertainment. <laughs> no, and you can't you can't be a Friday night game as well. So Friday night up at Big Falkirk Stadium, I think. Yeah, you could be right. That could be a really good game for a, for a neutral fan. Uh, BSC Glasgow hoping to be back in action. I think they will because they're playing at the end of Drill Stadium, but they're against Dalbiti. Uh, Swift will be hoping for another one there, I would imagine, Moza. Uh, Dalbiti, not out the fight, obviously, with Whitehill, but Whitehill are really running out of games. They're probably more concentrating on uh, what they can do rather than looking below them, I would imagine. But for me, uh, a BSC victory is probably the most likely thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a potential banana skin because um, start of being able to pull out points here and there before. Um, but you'd imagine from Swifting, from BSE's point of view, they'll expect to get back on the pitch, get the rust off and get three points uh, in the bag. Um, I'll be going, so I'll, uh, I'll let you know what happens ultimately. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, 
it'll be good to get back to uh, to seeing the guys playing again. Um, it's been a wee while since I've been able to get into a, a BSU game, so looking forward to it. No, absolutely. Just make sure you you remember to check the bus times before you, you head off for this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not risking <laughs> it this time. I'm just going to get a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they'll beat you. will not make it easy for them. Um, not at all. They never do. They're a very tricky team to play against. But yeah, we we were BSC are sitting in the league. The fact they're playing at home, you've got to imagine that they'll they'll do the business here. Edinburgh University versus Edisport Academy at uh, East Peffermill. Probably one of the harder ones to call. Uh, the form's not been there really for both teams, I think. Edinburgh Uni uh, started playing a wee bit better, coming off that really bad spell they had. Uh, same with Edisport, I guess, but really hard to tell in terms of form anyway. Uh, who Who's going to come out on top there, I think. Yeah, um, either team could go ahead and win this um, and it could end up being a 0-0. It could go anyway, to be honest. Um, Uni, like you say, they've started picking up points. Um, like in games you might not necessarily have expected them to of late uh, edge sport it's just really hard to predict where they are just now so I'm going to sit in the fence on that one I think uh, and I'll let Sean decide who's going to win it <laughs> I would. I think I would actually give the edge to, to Edinburgh Uni purely for, for the fact that they're playing at home but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see edge sport go out and win that one or I think like, like you have both said I think a draw looks like a, a fair result for both of these teams, but I don't think either will be happy with that. Nope. And uh, similar, I think Grenna 2008, Vela Leavens are kind of a similar one in that instance. You never kind of know what a Gretna you're going to get. Uh, and Vela Leaven not being on the worst spell, I think they're probably, uh, they're doing no bad, but I just, again, I'm going to stay on the fence with that one, I think. <laughs> It's the easiest way to be, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, as you say, uh, Gretna, you could get um, them coming out the blocks and winning 4-5 now, or you could get them kind of struggling a wee bit, getting a red card and losing. So it's it's a tough, tough one to predict again. Um, I think Vela Leeson have been a lot better recently. Um, the last couple of games I've played, uh, Chris Anderson deserves a bit of credit there for what he's doing. But I think... If I was forced to pick one of the two, I'd probably side with Gretna in that one. Oh, see, I think I'd go against you on that. I think Vale, even though they're away from home, I think with the amount of games that they've got left, um, they'll be looking to pick up points against the, the teams that are sitting beneath them in the league. And Gretna's one of those teams, and they'll be wanting to see a push mm-hmm. towards the end of the season, I think. So I don't. I can see Vale lead them winning this one. Sean, he's turned into a Vale fan after that interview with Chris Anderson. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, I'm only kidding. Uh, Kelly Hearts versus Cumbernauld Colts. Uh, I would fully expect to see Kelly Hearts get back to winning ways simply because I, I don't think uh, I don't think Barry and the boys will be happy with what happened uh, against Spartans, and I think uh, Cumbernauld Colts might feel a, a bit of a wrath, a bit of a reaction after that. Um, Cole's still a good side though, I'm looking forward to seeing them, it's, it's been a while since I've seen them, uh, but they're not on sort of the best sort of format, As a, they're not losing too many, but it's just too many draws and I just don't see them going to New Central Park and really picking up anything, I might be wrong though. Yeah, no, I agree, I could see Kelly definitely winning this way, just the fact that such as him being at home, what's happened last uh, Friday at Spartans, plus Cumbernauld Colts were the team that that beat them earlier on in the season 
Um, I think they gave them their first loss in the Lowland League, so I think there'll be a little bit, they'll want to avenge that a little bit. So, yeah, I could see this going Kelly's way, and, and to be honest, I could see it. I could see Kelly going out there looking for, you know, to knock a few goals in to kind of cement their place in the Lowland League ahead of next season, especially after what happened uh, last week. Yeah, I've not got too much to add to that again. Um, actually, when you look at the table, Technically, if Kelsey lose one more game, it's not just Strollers that could jump ahead of them, it's also Spartans with their game in hand. Yep. So, yeah, um, there's a, a little bit of pressure on um, both BSC and Kelsey now to maintain their positions in second and third uh, with uh, the teams below just putting putting a bit of heat on. Uh, so, I, I'd expect Kelsey to come through and take the three points there, but you never know. Yep. University of Stirling versus Spartans. I haven't seen both teams uh, <laughs> at the weekend there. I would probably go with Spartans. I was really impressed with them, as I said. Uh, just overall, uh, I gave a lot of credit to their defence, but certainly players like Jack Smith, uh, Blair Atkinson are obviously firing in, uh, as well. Stephen McDonald, uh, I think he came on as a sub late into the game, but he's obviously a goal threat usually for Spartans as well. So... Uh, University of Stirling, I rate them. Uh, they're at fourth bank, obviously, against Spartans, but I see Spartans really putting the pressure on the, the top four now, I think, uh, towards the end of the season. I think they've got a lot more to sort of play for uh, than University of Stirling. Uh, so I, I fully expect Spartans to go out there and, and get another win. Yeah, and we noticed there was a couple of the Spartans guys watching the game with yesterday uh, as well. I suspect they'll probably go away thinking that there's three points here for them if they play their way uh, that they've been playing recently and um, put the ball in the back of the net, simple as that. So I'd expect Spartans to, to go ahead and um, continue their push uh, up towards the top four again. We'll wait and see what that means in terms of the Iron Brew Cup and whatever uh, for next season, but technically the top four is where you want to be either way, um, regardless of cup entry. So um, they'll be really keen to just get as high as they can. No, absolutely. They've scored, I think they've scored 12 goals and they've only conceded the one in, in the last three or four games. So they're going to they're gonna go in and I think they're going to keep their form going here um, as we get towards the end of the season. But they've been, Spartans have been red hot after having a bit of a shaky middle of the season. They've been um, they've been red hot and I don't think that'll end on Saturday. Agreed. And obviously the Gretna 2008 Whitehill game was postponed. Whitehill Welfare will be playing Galafiridine Rovers at Ferguson Park. Uh, I'm going to be on the fence for this one. I really don't know. Um, I think we kind of called the game last week, uh, the postponed game, as maybe the probably one of their last chances of maybe seeing out a win. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to, to call it. I think I'm going to stay on the fence, but I'd probably... No, I'll stay on the fence, I think, with that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't see um, Welfare getting an Albion Rovers six points at one weekend <laughs> type situation happening. So, um, yeah, it's do or die time. Simple as that. They've got five games left to save themselves. Um, five points to a gap. And bear in mind, Star have still got two extra games in hand as well. So they really need to win this. Simple as that. Um, three three home games on the spin now, um, depending when this uh, Grant a game gets rearranged straight enough uh, for welfare, but um, they've got Shire coming after this. Who you'd you'd be surprised if they were able to get something off of them. Uh, Edge Sport after that, right enough. That's a, a game they might look at as well as a, a potential chance. But if 
if they want to stay up, they have to get three points this weekend coming. Um, and Gala, um, well, they'll be looking to bounce back after throwing away um, a win, ultimately, uh, the weekend just being so... I'll keep an eye on it. I, I think I'd, I'd see Gala being the favourites going into that, uh, in all honesty. No, I agree. I think, um, yeah, Gala should should be looking at themselves as favourites to win win this game. But I do know with the the squad, the trouble with squad numbers and the fact that they've got a wee bit of travelling to do, um, that could give Whitehill a wee bit of an advantage. But and and when you look at the fact that Whitehill are going to come out, you'd hope they're going to come out really fighting here. Um, perhaps they can steal something, um, and it would definitely definitely make the their runny games towards the end. Interesting if we could pick up three points here. Agreed. Uh, we'll get into plugs. Uh, I'm assuming you you missed the last week, uh, Moza, being able to plug yourself, but uh, Sean did plug you. Uh, I appreciated <laughs> yeah, it. So I listened back and I did appreciate it. <laughs> all your followers that you gained last week, you're welcome. <laughs> and I noticed it was your good self. I did it, Sean, no rampant, so just saying, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you go first as always, Moza. Go on then. Yeah, so at Moza Plays, as, uh, as Sean told you last week, um, and yeah, you'll pretty much find anything that I do through Twitter. Uh, I'll pop it over to yourself then, Sean. Yep, uh, so yeah, I'm running the Facebook page, so it's just low and lead catch up on the on Facebook there. Brilliant, and I'm at Rampant FM, and also uh, you can follow the official catch up Twitter at official catch up. Um, yeah, it's pretty much done and dusted, guys, really. Uh, kind of not too much to cover with two postponed games uh, a lot of games kind of ruined by the weather as we sometimes have uh, at this level but nah, it's it was a great day yourself was a uh, really enjoyed it probably maybe really overly indulged too much but uh, <laughs> no <nah. laughs> so that's pretty much the end of the episode guys obviously cheers uh, for joining us once again um we want to thank the civil service for having us over. It was really great being at Christie Gillis Park. I think it was the first time for yourself, was it? Yeah, it was. Yep. I really enjoyed it. I wish the weather was a wee bit better, but other than that, now I'm impressed with the the two teams that were on display under tough conditions. We want to thank the players, the managers, everyone that really listens. And the support from uh, the league and George Fraser. uh, And we'll see you next week.